0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Pneumius, the Down to Earth Hasidus Podcast. On um, this week's Shiur, we're going to interpret a mimer of the Alta Rebbe from Nikute Teiro. It's on Parsas Vehukhoisai, the Dibura Masjilis, Beshivri Lochema As you know, there is a famous, very famous, all too famous expression that all the cloles, all the curses that we find in Parces Hukoisai or in Kisoboi, a couple of times in Toiro, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Eden, of course from Hashem, he tells them that if you behave and if you you know, act according to Toiro and you do what you should do, that's the way to get blessing in this life, not because of reward and punishment, it's the way it works. You, you use the product according to the rules of the of the manual it will work fine if you hurt it then it won't work and same thing is with life so the toito gives all the negative things has a sholom, that would happen if they don't follow the paths of toito and they're really really tough when you read the psukim you go to shul you hear the kriyasa toito there's two options or you don't understand what they're reading or you'll freak <laughs> literally speaking but it's very known the hasidic interpretation of all those clothes that the truth is that deep down in their essence They're actually blessings. They're broches Right in the beginning. It seems like a cute uh, What's it called like a cute hasidic thing like ah, even though it looks bad. It's actually nice It looks like positivity bias and cuteness positive a cuteness bias um, but the truth is, when you look deeper, there are incredibly deep concepts into this idea. Before we go into a very serious, not just translation, interpretation, and and an explanation of how the broch is a klolo, the klolo is a brojo, but even more, um, even more, it's a hoido, it's a teaching, a guidance, and a completely different, deeper, and much better way of life that the Torah is teaching us in one of those psukim of apparently clueless. Apparently Before we go into it, into the actual serious concept, I want to start with a nice, cute word. It's a Polish story. You know, Polish Hasidim with the Chabadnikim, the Lubavitchers used to call all the other Hasidim the Polish ones. Why? I'll tell you, geographically, Lubavitch was like really, really distant from the, 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 the other cities where hasidism grew and expanded, they were mostly to the west, like closer to Poland, to the what would be now the, the, the border between Ukraine and Poland. Uh, basically, that's why all the cities that you hear now, they in the war, in the news, like Lelov and Kharkov and whatever, they all sound like Hasidic names because there were many Hasiduses that developed in that place. Lubavitch is all the way to the east very far and that's why they called it the Polish Hasidim like all those who are like, you know close to poland in any case um, There was this Polish tzaddik That was confronted by one, one of his hasidim and he said, I know that it says in Hasidim that all the negative things All the curses are actually blessings, but the truth is You read it and you can't help but Cringe inside. It, they really don't sound. There are some psukim in there that you truly cannot retranslate, translate, reinterpret into blessings. Okay? Tell me, how would you say that the psuk that says, it sounds like the most horrible thing, like you will be in such poverty and such desperation that you will eat the flesh, you will eat the meat of your children. That's one of the expressions in one of those psukim. Now, Translate that as a positive thing, ha, Let's see you. And the Rebbe said, what? That positive, that one is the easiest. It's a beautiful brocha, can't you see? It's a beautiful brojo. He's like, what do you mean? Right now, we're, right that we struggle for Parnaso? Yes, pretty much. Life wasn't easy for the Xin 300 years ago, back then. It's still Parnaso, it's still a big challenge, but back then it was even worse because they had no rights and no access to whatever, many things. And they couldn't even have, like, free choice to, like, grow their parnaso with Hashem's blessing. And it was very hard. And it's like, right, sometimes you don't even have enough to put on your children's plate. Sometimes you don't even have bread a day, two days. The kids are hungry. They're screaming. Imagine if Hashem gives you a brojo, such brojo, that you have so much food, that you can put a whole steak, not a steak, a couple of steaks, like good meat in each kid's plate. And they'll have so much, can I Nora? They'll eat so much that they'll even leave food on the plate. Does that sound familiar to nowadays, what that is, Hashem? Imagine if they leave so much meat that then, you know, like, you're not going to leave, you know, and throw the steak. So when the kids leave some meat on the plate, you'll eat the meat of your children. You'll see, it's a great bracha. You'll have so much alchava that they will have leftovers in their plates and you will eat from the plates of your children. That's alchab. It's interesting that the way he translated it, Baruch Hashem, um, sometimes you could experience that. Okay, but that was just an emotional, like an like haggas interpretation of the Pasukin to blessing, and it's beautiful. But now let's go into a more chabad, which obviously will be much more complicated and complex. Um, and demanding Type of concept that we find this week in a and it goes like this It says that just like By you there is a goof and nefesh, a and a a body and a soul and they are the two parts of one dynamic But they happen to be very different up to even be opposites but they work together and they need each other there are the two parts called sosim vegalio sosim is the hidden It comes from the word satum closed enclosed held in a concealing place and then Galio means revealed so sosim vegalio are basically the hidden and the revealed part of each thing by us is the goof and the nefesh by hashem is his hidden light and his revealed light in other words the fact that we see the world, we spoke about it many times. It's in Tanya, in Pelecmen Base and in many, many places in Xides. The fact that you see life around in the world, there is existence, like Doimem, that exists, and, Metius, and there is life, like plants, animals, humans. You see all the planets flying around, and the stars, and everything, an entire system of a living universe. All that life is a locus. Se says the postuk, watch up, lift up your eyes, and you'll see Ureu. will you find me Boroele who created all this? Like when you look at the creations, you're actually seeing the creator. Because the creator with the creations is just like, and we spoke about this, like an arm with a levush, or even better, like your arm with the skin. When you see your arm moving, you don't say, Oh, there goes a skin. The skin is the lebush of the arm itself, which is the lebush of the person. So you don't say there is a sleeve moving. Or you don't say there is an arm being moved. You say he or she is moving her arm. So you don't say there is a nature. Uh-uh. There is a Hashem activating reality. In other words, the highest inside of the world is Hashem itself. And when you look at the world and you're looking at reality, developing, moving, living, doing... Uh, Like the life of the world, what's called? Um, I mean to say, when, when you realize that the life pulse of the world is the locus that lives within it, then you understand this relationship of Galio and Sosim revealed is what we see with the eyes. Hidden is the godly light that resides within it and makes it exist. And the same thing happens with Toito. Because the Torah is Hashem's Torah. So just like in Hashem, we have a, a hidden and a revealed part. And by us, we have a hidden, the nefesh, and a revealed part, the goof. And by the way, it's the same thing. When you have a relationship with someone, friendship or marriage or whatever it is, any type of relationship, who are you getting connected with? Who's your friend? The soul or the body? Clearly the soul. Because if the soul is not there, you wouldn't befriend a dead body there's nothing to do with it so to speak and but when you befriend the neshama you don't talk with thoughts neshama like connections you connect to the body of the person you speak from mouth to ear and you like go play with both bodies you understand what I'm saying like you connect on a physical dimension the connection of the soul in the spiritual dimension, they work together. You connect to the soul through the body. In nature also, you find the locust through nature. The same thing by Toiro, you'll find the pnimius and the Sosim, the hidden inner meaning in the outer, literal, superficial <clears throat> words of the Pshat. So the Pshat of the Posuk might look like a klolo, like a like a curse, but the inner true meaning is a blessing. But for that, you need to scratch a little deeper than the surface and find its premiums. And that's what the Altarev is going to do with this posuk. So the posuk that the Bible is based on is, when I will break the source of your bread, basically the curse, Pshat says, I will destroy the source of your panoso. And whenever I do, the off noshim 10 women will bake their bread in one single, in one single oven and you will eat, but will not feel satiated. Horrible curse, apparently. So the the literal meaning of this posuk is that basically you'll be so poor that even 10 families will have to share just one bread. And of course, it won't be enough to feel full, etc., etc. So comes the Alter Rebbe and explains it like this What is the bread? What is the analogy for bread over here? So we go into a Maime Razal that says, En lejemelo toiro. You know, Hazal compared toiro with a lot of foods, with lechem, with oil, with wine, with water basically anything that's elemental, anything that's important, anything that's nutritious. And <laughs> the explained that that's a metaphor for toiro. And in one of those, they say, en toido. There is no bread but toiro. Bread is what feeds you, nurtures you, makes you grow, develop, become satiated, happy, healthy food. And the same way we eat, in, in the Neshoma level, we call toiro food. Because our brain, our mind, and our heart and most importantly and firstly our soul is nurtured by toiro and just like bread feeds you etc so Toyo helps you grow helps you become bigger and greater and feeds you and gives you and makes you satiated as i say it makes you happy and full it makes you have your life filled with content, with meaning, with a direction, with a kavano, etc. And that's why toito is compared to bread. There's one more detail in there, chito, uh, wheat, the grain that we make bread of, is chito is begematria, ches, tes, hay eight plus nine plus five, 22. That's the hof base a toiro, the 22 letters of the Aleph base that the toiro comes in. The toiro comes to us in a package. The Amazon Smiley package of of the Yiddishkeit is letters, words, sentences in Hebrew. Now, those words, those sentences, those letters are only the package, the the galio, the outer um, um, shell, just like the jito, that you can't eat it, the grain, the kernel by itself. Or, or even if you grind it and mix it, once you have the dough, you can't eat the dough. The bread is a product that it's an end product, very different than the original ingredient. That's why it has a different brojo, you realize? We have different brojes for bread and for wine. You don't say where de perijo eats on the wine. Why? It's just um, grapes, so we'll say the brojo for the grape. Or you don't say Buere Prio Adomo for bread, even though you should apparently. It's just the grains. Okay, uh, grinded and, and baked, but it's grains. And yet we say a special brojo because they were upgraded. They belong to an upgraded category. It's not just whatever Buere uh, Prio Adomo, a fruit of the land. It's a whole new thing. It's bread. Now, even though we say, or the wine, it's a whole new product, it's special, etc. And we use it to make kiddush, that's why it has a different brokho. But the amazing thing is that in the brokho we say, Hashem, ha-moitzi It's thank you for bringing out bread from the ground. Um, have you ever seen a challah coming out of a tree? So the bread doesn't come out of the ground. Only the wheat. And then we have to make a whole long process of work grinding, <coughs> kneading, as I say, kneading and, and baking. It's a whole process until it becomes bread. And that's exactly the point. We say thank you, Hashem, for the bread you gave us, but no one is a fool enough to think that, that because Hashem gave it to us like this, so we'll eat it like this. You know that Hashem gave you the bread, but Hashem gave you the bread means he gives you a grain and a whole intelligence to know how to process it and turn it into what it needs to be done same thing with toito Toyo comes to you in ingredient style you need to do a whole process to make it real food to make it nutritious to make it healthy if you eat the dough by itself it can hurt you it won't be digested correctly and it won't help you grow because it won't become a part of you but once it becomes a part of you, once it's fully baked and correctly processed, then it becomes a part of you. Then it stops being bread. It becomes you. It becomes your own muscles and your bone, your, your, your bone mass and your muscles and your skin and every one of your evorim. It becomes dam Ubosor bosor in the words of Chzides. It becomes flesh and blood of your own flesh and blood. But first, in order to get there, you need to do a whole process. And the process is to make you and the Toyota one. Uh, I mean, sorry, the result of the process is to make you with Toyota one thing. And that could only happens, happen when the bread is baked. If you eat the raw break, uh, the, the raw bread, not baked, it won't become one with you, and that's the problem. You know the feeling when when the Pushki is empty and it only has like one coin and you shake it and you can hear the coin dancing inside it. But if it's full, if it's really full of content, then you shake it and it doesn't make a noise. That's the difference. When you're full of Toiro, the Toiro is not like a separate thing inside of you jumping up and down and making noise. It just, it has become you. It's natural, it's genuine. That's what and who you are. The idea is not that we read the Torah like an actor reads a script and follows it because he's acting the role, in this case of being a good Jew, but instead eating, you got to take the Torah like a grain, grind it, get into its details, understand the differences between this and that, get into the details of each thing. Don't just grab the whole thing as one general idea or whatever. And then mix it with water. Water glues things together as opposed to fire that separates them. Pass it through water, that's kneading. Then pass it through fire, that's baking. You need to make a whole process with the Torah. Understand it truly and fully, separate it into details, grinding it, then putting it together with water, which is like making the whole thing one. Maybe understanding one thing out of another, connecting details, thinking laterally, making sure every idea connects with every other idea. That's basically what the Rebbeim do for us in the Sihes and the Maimorim. They take a concept, they, they, they stripe it off of its um, superficiality, they show you the inner content content. now that you've got its premiums, to connect it with something else. oh, and that's why that thing right. And that's why that says the thing. And now we can understand the mymaraal that said something else. And, and now we can connect with this and connect with that. What you're doing basically is like kneading the toilet, connecting it with water and making it glue and making it all be one thing but after that and that's the main thing you need to bake it we'll see soon what the baking action is but before that let's go to the result after you bake it it's a real food it's a bread and when you eat it it feeds you and when you eat it it becomes part of you I'll give you an example of that sometimes When you do a mitzvah, the real, the best and the highest way of doing a mitzvah is doing it out of such deep conviction that you're not even thinking of the idea as an idea separated from me that I'm listening to, like that I'm living according to some books, that that I live according to some books' rules, but instead I have eaten. Literally, you ate the toiro, you chew it, you digest it correctly, and it becomes part of you, and automatically you act in that way. You see it a lot in in like simple, like people who like do the toiro with their entire heart, and they're like naturally living the values of toiro. They're not following the rules of the book. They are the living, walking book. Like it said in the, interesting, in the previous memory, like the 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 toiro, it's incredible words. It, says, it speaks there about being a Mehalech. We spoke about it a couple of times. Being a walker. And Neshama is a constant moving thing. And it says, when you're in that Madrig of Mehalech, when you're like constantly advancing and elevating yourself, you know who's the one moving inside you? What's the power, the energy that moves you? It says in the Pasuk, And I will within, walk within you. The pshat is, I'll be with you, I'll bless you. If you do the interest, I'll walk with you, which means I'll accompany you, I'll bless you, you'll have my, my brocha But the al translates it, I will be the one walking inside of you. When you feel that your Yiddishkeit is a dynamic, levity, walking, moving thing, it's because you have Hashem. And that energy of Hashem inside is what moves, what walks within you. The Klippa... Is the sleeping one, the gravity one, the (sighs) plating one, the one that doesn't want to move, the lazy one. The active, zrizus, levity, chayuzdik, happy, moving, advancing, changing, questioning, etc. That's your nefeshilikis. When you feel the move, you're feeling a locus inside yourself. Then you're connecting with Hashem. That's v'yisalachti besoichichem. I'm the one walking inside you, through you, with you, on in you when you do that the mitzvahs are genuine they're absolute they're done with tmimus, with a I don't know if I want to say ingenuity because it's not only that it's like a wholesomeness type of thing you're not listening to an external voice you're actually living genuinely with the biggest level of premiums and that is the mitzvah Because now the Mitzvah, you have become one thing. And that's what it means. The toiro is our life. Not that I'm doing toiro with or through or during my life. But for that to happen, you need to first do the process of baking. What is baking? It says, In the oven of oneness in one oven we translated the oven the the fire of one what's one what's echod? who's echod? hashem echod. you need to bake your concepts that you learn from toito in hashem echod, in your passion from the evishter for the evishter in your search for spirituality in your inner meaning of your soul Toyro cannot be a cold hard press uh Pshat posuk that you read as an actor again reading in the script and trying to follow it. You need to take that posuk and grind it, understand it, divide it, translate it, put it together with other ideas and concepts and, and, and need it and then bake it. Bake it in your passion, bake it in the subjectivity of your search for a locus. Make it be one with yourself. Make it be something passionate making make the concept be at the service of your spiritual search put it together with the with the passion of your neshama and that's the 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 fire that every eid has inside just we keep it in a low fire low flame so it doesn't bother us too much But if instead of running away from your inner fire and trying to cover it up so you can look like a regular limited person who fits nicely in society, if you allow your fire to be exposed and you actually nurture it and you let it burn high, and once it's burning high, you turn into an oven, the oven of Hashem One, the oven of Hashem Echod, Tanur and you put your lechem, your toiro, your chito, your wheat of the, the ingredient of toito inside of the passion of your heart then it becomes a bread then in you is one thing and then it becomes edible when the toito becomes edible it means that it's able to to be to become one with you and that's the successful um the successful end of a digestion process. If I were to, I don't know, I say this uh, in a funny, exaggerated way, if I were to open somebody's stomach or even more, somebody's leg, I'm not gonna find the bread that he ate yesterday. Even in the, the, the muscles, it's a protein, right? Protein helps build muscle. So if I open his, his, his muscle, I'm not gonna find the, 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 I don't know, whatever, the meat that he ate yesterday. It's not like a steak inside of his leg. That would be funny and weird and dangerous and and whatever Everything you can imagine the actual healthy process is when the beef when the whatever piece of meat stops being what it is And it becomes you That's if it's well cooked and baked Then you can have the ability to digest it if the toiro you take the toiro like an ingredient raw ingredient It will hurt you You can't just take it like an actor and repeat words besides for being awkward and weird you will be acting it wrong, because that's not the way Toyota works. Toyota is not a script for an actor. Toyota is, is a wit for a smart person to do the process, turn it into bread, and digest it, and become one with you. That's where the meta- metaphor takes us. And that's what the postul comes to say. It's not just it's a teaching for life. You want to have the right bread that works in the right way all 10 of you what's all 10 of you the 10 questions of the nefesh all 10 parts of your soul have to be on fire and once the 10 parts of your soul are on fire you put the concepts of Torah in there and you bake it in the connection with Hashem Echod and when that happens The Toyota is genuine and real by you, and it becomes one with you. And you and Toyota become one thing, and not like a separated thing in the Pushka jumping inside and whatever, up and down inside you, without meaning anything to you. Then the Toyota and you become one. And the best ever, mice to explain this, and I think I even said it in the podcast, but it's really, really worth it to be uh, told again. And I told these mice a hundred times, and I can't get tired of it. One of the Talmudim of the Magid was a famous Talmud Chochem, even before he met the Magid. So famous that he wrote a Sefer. Um, I think many is for him, but the famous one of his uh, writings is the HaFlo. People call him the Bala Flo, like the author of the Book of Flo. It's a Sefer and Nile and Gemara, and it's studied in all yeshivas. Um, he was a Talmud of the Magid, but it, it wasn't a Talmud of the Magid. He was already a big rob, a Talmud, a known rab Pinchas Horowitz, okay, the bala And then he, whatever he heard about the Magid, people told him, go, go visit the Magid, this is amazing, this is Talmud of the na na, na na. but he wasn't, whatever, It uh, was doubtful. He didn't need, It wasn't against, but he, like many, at the time, it's fine. Baruch Hashem, there is a good rob that explains Toyota very nicely and people are happy with him. I don't need it. I, he had his own yeshiva and everything. I think it was already a big rub already by the time he went to the Magid, if I'm not mistaken. But the point is that when he got to the Magid, very like the Magid and the Baal Shem Tov, he didn't show off all of his lights in the first meeting. Apparently, the Rebbeim wanted the Baal Shem Tov, and the Magid were like this with many of their students that came to them for the first time. They wanted them to like earn it or look for it or, or or deserve it something like it had to come but they didn't like give them the full gilui once and be like wow i don't see this so he goes into Yechides, he speaks to the Magi. Had a nice conversation but nothing much nothing more than that he walked out he walked outside a little disappointed he's like fine it's nice but nothing special to look for in here but then he's like ah, i can't be everyone speaks so highly of him there must be something that I'm not seeing or that he's not showing me. Maybe he's humble. I don't know. He went back. Knocks on the door. Rebbe, can you please, like, please tell me what this is about? And the maggie, like, smiled with naches. And he's like, okay, shekoyach that, that you realize and you're you're searching for it. You're you're, no, you're looking for it. And that's what. But you know what? Go up to the ceiling, to the roof. Uh, there is a chosé of mine learning there. Ask him. He'll tell you. He was already a little bit too, you know, a bit too much bitush, he was a big rov and he came with humility and not only didn't tell him, he sent him to his student up in the roof, fine. He put together all the humbleness that he can get and he went up to the roof. He finds whom? was and Impoli, of course. He was extremely humble. Each one of the Tamidim of the Magi had a personality and a style you can make a comics about them with you know like the personality of the characters actually there are comics in hebrew about all these uh tzaddikim the was like the rov it was the roof of the group it was like the uh, there was other uh, there, there, were different, there were different styles um the tzaddik the the fani, the funny munkes whatever like there were different styles um Reb Dushe played it the amor. It's his inning was to be humble and to not uh, you know show off any of his geoinus or tzidkus or yashamaim, nothing. He didn't show anything. It was just like a hidden tzaddik, and he played it. So he came to him, it he's like, hey, your Rebbe the Magi told me you're gonna teach me what is about. He's like, What you sure he meant me? He said, My student on the roof. Nah, he meant someone else. He probably thought there was someone else here studying. There were another few guys and they just went out. (laughs) Like, it's not me. I don't know anything. So I can't teach you anything. The guy's like already, okay, fine. He sends me to the Amorets, you know. And he looks at him. He's like, if you want, you could sit and learn with me. And he looks at him and he's like, with a Gemara broches. He's like, what children learn in fourth, fifth grade? You know what I'm saying? He's like the simplest Gemara. The guy's already almost out of his mind. Fine, I'm already here, I'll do tzedakah, I'll sit with the Jew, I'll learn simple gemara with him, and then I'll go back home, fine, it's over, fine. But he sits there, and he reads the gemara, the gemara is trying to find out the alohes of Minyan, right? Who counts for Minyan, how do you, what if you have nine, can you count a little kid lo, younger than Mamintze for Minyan or not? Can you perhaps count a in the noronkoides for Minyan? And the gemara says like, no, of course not, that's not a person, no, 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 no discussion, a whole, whatever. So Rabbi Zusha looks at him he's like, can you explain to me, Zikemora? I don't get it. What's the Havamina? What's even the superstition? Why does Zikemora even suppose that an Ordem Kredes would count for a minion if you have nine Jews? It says you need ten Jews and that's a thing, not a person. So, like, Mashaile. Why does Zikemora even have to answer that? It's not even a question. And so he himself is saying the, this, the, the question and he says the answer also with a Tarte mashma, double sense, smart wit of a deep It's like, ah, I know why the Gemara even considers the option. You know why? Because what's our own kodesh? Like a physical thing, like an arc of wood with a full sephortoido inside. And what are we? Like a physical body, a piece of flesh with a sephortoido inside. I eat with treida. So it's almost the same thing, right? Maybe it can come for a minion. But you know what? You know what the Gemara is teaching us? What's a minion? And when 10 Jews gather together, the Shekhinah comes down. You know it's like more is teaching us? I think, maybe that's what it means. That if you're a klotz, in Yiddish, klotz literally means like a beam of wood, but it's also used for like Shlumiel, for like somebody who's like klotzy and stupid and like a little square, like a piece of wood, like tough or whatever. So if you're a klotz, even if you have the whole Seferen inside, you don't come from India. That's not how you bring the kedusha down to the world. You need to be a levadik eid. What's the difference between an eid and a toiro and an oron kodesh? That the eid has made the toiro become him, and he has become toiro, like the Tanya explains in Perekain, chapter five. If you're not there, you're still a clutch with a sefer toiro inside. And then the bichazavos is like, ah, okay. I got it. I see what this host is trying to tell me. This is the whole point of Hsides. Hsides comes to make the toito, you and you, the toito, instead of being a clutch with a separate toito inside. To be an empty piece of wood, a clutch, that just knows how to repeat words or to act actions, that's beautiful, that it's holy, and we go and we kiss it. But that's not a levity That's not what it should be. Aid is the one that ate the toiro and they tested it and turned it into you and you into it. And once there is this marvelous achdus that happens when you use you, the true inner self of yours, the ish, the, the, the fire that you have in your soul, the esh levon, eshchoiro, that's my there, a couple of details in the Toiro version of the, of the Mimer, those who want can go into the oratorio, i think it's that at the end and and read the, the 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 explanation on this mimer but the point is like when you let your inner fire take hold of your toiro and burn it not burn it bake it and do it in the right way and then you digest it and it becomes one with you that's when the magic of toiro happens through you the real levadi ke toiro is a id a a Eid that lives according to its values. Not the book, not the person, and not the person who listens to the book. The Lebedic Eid, which is a walking toido. And that's what Chesides does. Chesides is the inner glue that connects the Sosim with the Galio. And in, in the world, it's the one that connects the Gashmis with the Ruchnius. And in the toido is the one that turns its apparent Cloles into blessings. Thank you very much. And as a shame We'll hear each other again next week with Chavez.